0: Hello, and welcome to the Inside the Batteries Included podcast. It's August the 18th, 2023, and this is episode number negative two. Thank you very much for joining us. On today's show, we'll be talking about the debut of the Acura ZDX and the ZDX Type S, Tesla launching cheaper versions of Model S and Model X, Faraday Future has delivered its first vehicle, and of course, much, much more. I'm Dominic Ioni host of the YouTube channel Drive Electric with Dominic. Today, we're joined by special guests Liv Lee and Patrick Anderson, hosts of the YouTube channel Mock E Vlog. And of course, we also have Kyle Connor, who joins us from the majestic, practically palatial halls of Spec Studios, where he produces high voltage videos for a number of YouTube channels. So hey there, everybody. Good to see you all. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Good morning. And lots of
0: good mornings and hellos from the, from the in the comments from the viewers. It's great to see y'all, have you all here with us too. Um, all right. So, okay, this is a, like a an interesting episode because one of us is not here at the moment. Tom is not here, but he is with us in spirit. And uh, I, just, I wanted to start kick off with, with Tom because we've recorded a little segment of him yesterday. He had some news to share. And so I wanted to go right to that. All right. So this is just going to take me a moment to uh, press all the buttons and bring him up. I don't know if you can hear us, Dominic, but we can't hear you guys. Oh, yeah, really? Have okay, one second, one moment. Then we will pause that and come back to here. So can you see that? You can see that stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, we can yeah, see. You see, up, we, we uh, can't hear Tom? Nope. We well, that's interesting. Well, can hmm. you hear Tom? I can. Yeah, he's totally like, but he's also on my computer. So maybe that's got something to do with something. Yeah. Tom's on vacation on a cruise ship. Yeah. Um, All right. I guess we
2: just won't be able to
0: show it. Okay. Well, we'll talk about other things for now, I guess. And how do I stop that? And okay. Okay. So I guess bring this back to here. And yeah, so everything's kind it's of a negative
2: episode. If yeah, right.
0: <laughs> so we're going to have our, our full official launch on uh, on September the 1st. So if you're watching us right now and thinking, man, this is a freaking uh, car wreck. And it, <laughs> it kind of is because we're missing some key members to our team right now. And uh, but it'll all come together and we'll. Look like we know what we're doing shortly in in two weeks, September 1st. But, uh, okay, so let's talk about uh, where, first of all, Kyle, you're all dressed up today, so we know you're somewhere special.
2: Well, I am in a Hampton Inn hotel. Woo! So. Big time in it. Very much worth the uh, putting on the button-down shirt, yes. Do you get a free breakfast? You know, probably, Yes. (laughs) what's always funny is like you pay more for a hotel and then they remove the free breakfast so you know you go to the the cheaper hotels and they always give you free breakfast right yeah
0: so why why are you in so you're in the hampton inn right but where is this hampton inn (laughs)
2: Yeah. So I'm in Monterey uh, in the Monterey area. And uh, today is what's called the quail. This is car week here in California. And so just a ton of very expensive, insane vehicles that you don't see really ever all converging on this one place. Everything from you know, we saw Safari 911s to Koenigseggs to Lamborghinis and Rolls Royces littering the streets. It's just crazy. And uh, today is like the big automaker unveil day. It's called the Quail. It's when all the new EVs become unveiled. I actually was just last night at the Acura ZDX unveil, so I got to sit in it and play around with it. So we can certainly talk about that today. And um, well, yeah, one, yeah. So, so it's all good. good. I mean, honestly, uh, most people are wearing like very expensive, nice suits. It's not my style. This, I have a lot of button-down shirts. I don't mind putting them on for something like this.
0: Okay, it is button-down too. Um, right. So, 11 uh, Patrick Patrick, uh, you are on here today because, well, it's great to have guests and it's good to have you all. Often you're in the comments with us. Um, but see, there's a few things we can talk about First of all, you have Kyle's Nissan Leaf, which we talked about last week. He got a new, uh, um, new, what do you call onboard charger in- installed, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <you're laughs> it. yeah. So how's that going?
1: It's amazing. Uh, I mean, it's perfect. It goes fifty miles, which is more than you need to just run around the neighborhood. We can plug in and charge at home now, and it's already pre-dinged, so we're not worried <laughs> about it or being precious. <laughs> maybe,
2: maybe you can tell people about it because I don't think our audience really knows about the whole leaf story or what kind of what it is yeah. and how that right. all happened. Yeah,
1: we had, so, Kyle, unique person as he is, had to find the cheapest leaf or cheapest EV available at all. He tracked it down somewhere in Oregon and went and picked it up and it had a big dent in the back, not in Oregon, his face says, somewhere in yeah, California, <laughs> So he tracked it down. It was like three thousand something, and it has this huge uh, ding in the back. Um, but it's it runs fine. The onboard charger was broken. What mm-hmm. else? That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then
3: so then he uh, <laughs> this car I think has uh, since Kyle bought it has more miles on it being towed than being driven because he towed it to Colorado right. and towed it out here because there's a great uh, company called QC Charge that fixes uh, uh, EVs basically.
1: Shout out to Kyle's channel for a great video on that, on out of spec. Yeah,
3: something. we, we yeah. watched the tour even though we got the tour ourselves. Yeah. But, <laughs> so yeah, they, they fixed it and now all of a sudden it becomes way more useful because before we could only charge it with Chattamo, um, which meant, the nearest Chattamo station is like six miles away. Well, when you have fifty miles of range, and you're going right. to lose at least twelve miles of range just to go charge it, twenty percent. you got the the one Chatamo that may or may not be working. Um, and then if it is working, there may be somebody there, and you got to wait. And then it also takes like a hour and a half to charge that thing up. So now it's, it's way more do. useful. We've been uh, we went down to the beach the other day um and i the, the first couple of times we took it out like we we drove like 10 miles and it used like 20 miles of range and we're like uh-oh
1: <laughs>
3: this last time it was actually fairly accurate and it's um, already
1: had dead bodies in it just to share halloween okay we were picking up halloween decorations so.
3: oh, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it does make me think like um it's almost like before people buy their real first ev they should have an EV with 50 miles of range, Cause like in the Mach-E, like you can set it. So it warns you that you're low battery at 50 miles. Okay. But when you start at 50 miles, it just like completely shifts your mindset of, of what, what zero means. <laughs> right. Little-
1: right. It's true. Right. Yeah. I and people in the comments, I think Mr. Dan was asking uh, what the name is. We are crowdsourcing the name. Cal has given us carte blanche. I'm thinking, yeah. What's the,
0: carte name, blanche. the name of the leaf, the name of the leaf. Any name something? the
1: leaf to decorate okay. the leaf, to oh. uh, make it a beautiful piece of art. So uh, input welcome. <laughs> right <Or> now. <laughs> All right.
0: Um, so you're also you, recently so you had a so you guys run the mock e. vlog YouTube channel. And so you're really involved with Ford somewhat, you know. Ford is really, I think, your area of expertise, right? More or less. Well,
3: we, we like to no? cover all of these, but of sure. course we we bought a Maki ourselves, so that's um, you know we sort of follow that a little bit more, follow what they're doing. Um, so yeah,
0: right. So um, so it was pretty big deal then that you got to meet the head of Ford. And I want to share those. I have a little picture of that somewhere.
3: Yeah, it was actually a really cool thing. Um, if you guys don't know, like Jim Farley, um, or as people call him, Chris Farley's cousin, was doing a road trip from the Bay Area uh, down to L.A. and then over to Las Vegas. So it wasn't like, you know, super long, extensive road trip, but he was taking uh, F-150 Lightning and, you know, of course, he's a CEO of a company, so they're, they're making it into uh, publicity stops, um, PR opportunities. But it wasn't sort of like we're going to do news conferences or anything. He was meeting, like, um, local dealerships. He, uh, you know, made a couple of stops at, like, a wind farm, you know, doing those type of things. Um, but he was also doing his own charging. And he also made a point to arrange to meet with um, EV enthusiasts, uh, in LA. And that's what we got invited to. And uh, a lot of people would like their first comments after we like posted that was like, Oh yeah, he got a bunch of Ford EV fans, but yeah, no. he also had Will and Marty that mm-hmm. uh, the uh, SoCal uh, Tesla club, uh, a friend of ours, Eric, he has a Tesla model S clad and a Rivian. He sold his lightning to get a Rivian and Ford knew all of this. And that right. was sort of, um, apparently uh, Jim Farley's direction was like, I want to meet with some fine people that I can meet with, but pointedly wanted to make sure that there is a, a diverse set of views. So um, I thought that was neat. Cause we've all had bosses that are like, Hey, yeah, I want somebody to give me real feedback. And then you give them real feedback and right. they, they reject it or whatever, but he seemed to be interested in the, the, the feedback and got us all uh, at Galpin Ford, the largest Ford dealer in the world. Um And he's just stopped in. We had like about a a 45 minute conversation um, talking about EVs. The first like five minutes we're talking about gas powered BMWs. Cause if, you know, again, if you don't know, Jim Farley is totally a car guy. Like he loves cars. So uh, he, he, started going down the, the BMW rabbit hole. And then we uh, talked about other things and talked about the EVs. And the really cool thing was, is like, he literally like, he was like going around, like what what feedback do you have? So like uh, we had two things personally.
1: Um, Obviously the video that Alyssa and Max sh- did recently comparing the Maki to the Model Y, her biggest criticism was the lack of dog mode, uh, camping uh-huh. mode, something like that, I'm sure. A lot of people have that criticism, so that was what I asked for. And I was <laughs> like,
3: "We need data on the screen, so we need uh, right. charging speed, if nothing else." But um, I was like, "We, you know, we have a bunch of EV nerds here, so uh, we want more. We want battery temperature, like all the stuff that we get on Car Scanner. Okay. Uh, maybe bury it a little bit, but at least sure. let us see that type of data." Okay. Um, trying to think of some of the other things that people ask for, but uh, oh, one was really interesting because. Uh, you know, Jim's driving down um, from Northern California, and he had a he had the the 1.0 version of Blue Cruise in Detroit on his daily driver. I guess so. They had like a a pre-release beta version of uh, what's coming to the Lightning via over-the-air updates at some point. So he got to test some of that out, and it has some of the the Blue Cruise 1.2 features, and apparently more, where okay. it, like. Changes lanes, uh, lane change assist doesn't change lanes for you. You got to initiate it, but it it not lead it for you. Um, and then the in lane repositioning. So when you go by a big truck, it'll, it'll scooch over. Right. And, um, somebody made a suggestion. Well, what about in California when you have motorcycles that are allowed to do lane splitting? If you're sitting yeah. dead in the, the lane in
0: mm-hmm.
3: stop and go traffic, somebody's going to take your mirror off. So you right. to scooch over and he's like, uh, you know, all of this, he was, you know, cook it in. No promises, of course. There's a lot of moving parts, but um, literally told his staff, you know, collect all of these. Um, and they they did. They reached out to us uh, right afterwards and said, you know, please phrase it as you want. We're going to send this up to Jim Farley. And then we got confirmation yesterday. It's like it's been sent over. So um, I feel optimistic. And, and the other thing that uh, people asked us about was like, was he really doing this road trip or was he like riding in the back texting and somebody's doing that. But yeah, apparently he was, he talked about, he stopped in uh, I think Koalinga at an EA station and ran into issues. He picked the slow charger at a brand. We won't name Brandon <laughs> uh, brand. Ford won't name, but we all know it's EA. And he picked the, the slow charger and his teenage son is even with them. And he said oh, okay. that it was, it was great from, like from the charging stop all the way into LA, it was like, we would have been here sooner if you would have picked the right station. So, you know, and that's, you know, if you want to talk about a realistic experience that I think um, anybody that has passengers at a charging station, um, you can deal with it and it might be a little bit slow. And you're like, ah, I just, I just deal with it. Right passengers the one that's just like ah oh, we could be there already uh why'd you do that one what's wrong right. with this thing?
0: yeah yes. i think i think jim i saw i saw where he mentioned that on twitter and i think he just grabbed that one because it was like the one that was available and he didn't really want to wait for like a faster one that would have taken less time yeah. or something like that whatever yeah that's pretty cool
3: he, he also talked a little bit uh you know it, of course um you know it's it's with a group of enthusiasts. Um, he, he knew like, we're all going to go run and talk about it, but he, so right. he talked about the future Ford EV plans and, and truly seems excited um, by the three row that they're working on now. And that it's, it seems like it's going to be pretty cool, pretty different. The backseat, experience apparently is going to be enhanced over what we've seen from like a you know the current explorer or whatever so seems to be very excited and then just talked about like you know all the battery plants and the the blue oval city they're building in in tennessee so a lot of vague but uh like again jim's a a car guy you could sense the enthusiasm so it was really cool
0: Right on. And I believe uh, you also gave him a pony. I have a little. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, what? I gave him a pony? What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, <we should laughs> like this, yeah, let's clarify. Well, I have a clip and oh, okay. uh, of him, and I'll just share that real quick and see if I can get to. Hopefully, you guys can hear this.
4: That I was given by a um, maquis enthusiast, and they give this out at all the charging stations to other people that they meet for the first time. So, and like a little welcome package to. Being a Ford EV user, which I will display this proudly in my office in Dearborn.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, we got to give him a fancy pony right there. Uh, I should explain these are little trinkets that I give to other Mustang Maki owners to say, I like your fancy pony. So right. I got to give one to Jim Farley. And uh, at the same time, Ashley, uh, who is the creator of Mustang Maki Girls Club, on Facebook, if there are any girls who drive Masamaki's or like them, whatever, come join. Uh, so she gave him her packet. So I didn't think that he really noticed, he got like a whole bunch of sparkly stuff. So it was really cute to get the, the shout out and it felt very much like he was um, extra participating in the fun of the community and everything.
0: Right. So you have like a, a whole, a whole herd of these things? That I you do know, indeed you, have, you, have
1: you, a herd of fancy ponies. I bought them at the Baker Charging Station. Uh, It's a great little stop, and I gave them all out. I ran out. So it was actually a group effort. um, Who is it? Uh, Charge Positive, Talik, who is out here, and Sergio, uh, Big Big Surge, if you guys know them. They were both. Lift Gift, that's it. They were both. Sergio
0: Rodriguez? Yeah, Sergio. Yeah, so they
1: helped us get four bags of fancy ponies. So we'll see how nice. we can go through them, but.
0: And, and again, you just give them out to Maki drivers at charging stations or wherever. wherever yeah. So, yeah, and to
1: be fair, I actually gave one to a Tesla owner, Tesla Tim at Tesla Takeover, because sure. he's seen me give them out and he really liked them. So, you know, EV enthusiasm, all this stuff, it's just really fun. Um, I just kind of jumped on the bandwagon like the Jeep rubber decky thingy. Uh, if you don't know, Jeep owners give each other duckies. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that came from, but I'm jealous of it. It's super cute. Okay.
0: All right. Hey, Kyle, I wanted to talk about something. So you you're you had some time to play with your truck this week before you headed to a Monterey, and I just wanted to share some of what you've been doing. I don't think you don't have a video on this yet. I don't think I'll look for one. I couldn't find one. But um, let's see. Where does that go? Um. Nope. Where are you? No. Well, I suck at this. We need to get Martin on this show sometime. Okay. <laughs> I think you got
2: it. You just gotta go gotta go quick.
0: Okay. There you go. There we go.
2: I would mute it though. There's no need to listen to it. Yeah. Um yeah, so so uh, no video yet because this is still just a prototype tent. Uh you know, basically there's a shop in town that makes very um, you know, very premium, quite expensive overlanding gear and right. we threw it on the truck just to see how it looked and all that stuff. So I have not did not buy the tent. It's a $15,000 tent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is quite expensive for a box. Uh, right. So uh you know, basically I was like is it worth it? So Right. The answer is we're not sure yet. Uh, it's okay. still st- still early days, so so it's probably not worth really digging into this much. We're working sure. on the build for the Rivian uh, to, to make it a real overlander. We have some cool aspirations on what we want to do and where we want to take this vehicle, something uh, I think pretty unique. So we're just kind of trying to find the right products and testing stuff to uh, you know basically get it kitted out how we need it so we can go do some electric adventures to come.
0: And this thing kind of opens itself. Is that what's going on here? I could hear electric motor running. I don't know if it was that though. Yep. Yeah. You just hit a button and raises up. Raises up. And then it also opens and unfolds, whatever unfolds itself.
2: No, no. You do have to pull on each of the panels to lock them in place once it's up. I see. Okay. Yeah, That's at least the prototype idea. We'll see what happens in the series production model. Uh, Yeah. So it's still early days
0: for them. Okay. And I, I hear they want to put solar panels on top of that as well.
2: Yeah, which I thought was kind of dumb for the Rivian application because I'm like, what do I need solar for? I got 130 kilowatt hours. Your, you know, 400 watts peak isn't going to do anything for me. Like right. it's going to make less than a dent in what I'm going to use. So I was like, can you put a sunroof in this thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be a sunroof it sounds like less expensive than a uh, solar panels for one thing. If you don't need this solar, I always like the idea of solar, but In reality, it it does cost and, you know, it doesn't really necessarily add a whole lot of like wouldn't add more than like two miles a day, probably to you wouldn't even be able
2: to like charge the car with that low amount of power.
0: Right. Oh, right. Right. The voltage, you mean?
2: Well, the voltage is fine, but you need I think like minimum is five amps. Okay. That You can tell it to pull. So, and that's like if the sun's right overhead. So you'd have to put solar into a mobile battery pack into like you're going to get, you know, three feet of driving range on whatever that tent can produce. So solar just doesn't work for this application of me trying to get more distance. So I was like, let's just go max comfort. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, no, we're just, we're just working on different cool, cool ideas, how to build the truck out because, um, yeah, we want to go do some crazy stuff with it.
0: Okay, and you also let me see if I can pull this other clip up. So this week also on your channel, you you finally took your Tesla Model S Plaid on the Autospec Hog Hogback Challenge, which is a, uh, a which is a like a test you have, I guess, for checking a, a dr- advanced driver safety systems or ADAS systems like uh, Blue Cruise or. Tesla uh, FSD beta, which, so this is the first time you've taken your own car on your Hogback Challenge. So maybe it's laid out a bit more what's involved with this thing. Yeah,
2: so the Hogback Challenge is our attempt at creating a somewhat standardized uh, ADAS test that also happens to take place in the real world. So it's not a perfect scientific comparison, but what we wanted to do was to create a platform Uh, through this series that we can discuss the nuances of different uh, driver assistance systems on the market. And so typically what we do is we drive the car for a few days, we use the ADAS systems in a whole bunch of different environments, gather some background information, and then bring it to the base of the I-70 hill climb where we run it on a 30 mile loop Huge elevation changes. What you're looking at now is not part of the hogback. This is looking at the driver safety takeover functions to see what happens. If you don't pay attention, it's part of the test, but it's not part of our test loop. And uh, so we just find like an empty area to to let the car freak out, basically. But uh, yeah, so we we go through all the, the safety of the driver assistance system, score that system, basically what you see us doing here on the screen if you're not listening uh on your uh, normal podcast stream platform. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. And then um yeah, we 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 go through other criteria like does it have a capacitive steering wheel, does it have hands-free eye tracking, so on and so forth. And then we run it in the hogback. And every time we have to take over or the car does something wrong, we start to subtract points. The thing is to me, this is really um, more of a, a subjective test than the objective scoring. So that's why, you know, for, for someone interested in buying a car to do long distances, the 30, 45 minutes or, or even one hour long video is going to be well worth their time to understand what type of ADAS system uh, they're going to be getting in their, their next purchase. So, it, it, people seem to really like it. The videos never do huge numbers, but there's a loyal following base to these. And so we're going to keep doing them. I, I find them fairly interesting. And it, it's a boring topic to talk about driver assistance to, to many uh, viewers. But to sure. us, we all rely on these systems heavily for road trips and driving. So it's really important to what
0: we do. And it's like a good benchmark, right?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually not probably a good benchmark, but it's a great way to at least put the cars on the same road and to attempt to score them objectively.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Um so uh Liv and Patrick, you you guys experienced um FSD beta in I believe uh, Kyle's car as well, like for the first time ever. Um so this is kind of uh, something that I've experienced myself not so long ago. Uh so and you have a video up on on that, about that. So uh, what was your impressions of the FSD beta?
3: Um I would not <clears throat>
0: in its current state I would not pay
3: 15,000 for it. That's for sure. For sure. Uh we we've been trying to sort of summarize um like our feelings on it because it's like it's you know like it does some things you're like oh my god this is just amazing like i never thought i'd see a car right like handle like a left turn like from a stoplight light turns green it makes like this beautiful left turn you're like that was amazing and about the time you say it's amazing it like makes a random like right turn left turn blinker and you're like what are you doing it's it's just sort of um It's, like, such a mixed bag. Right. And I think the thing, uh, and this, you know, I watched Kyle's video and, like, the summaries at the end. um, I I think I sort of agree with the whole thing of, like, when you have, like, Super Cruise or the Lexus system or whatever and you're on, you know, I-5 and it's doing lane centering, you know what it's going to do. You know it's not going to, like, try to, you know, do some random thing on you. And you know the failure points. Um, I felt like because... FSD beta was in a more complex environment on city streets. Every intersection, every lane, everything was like an opportunity for it to make its own decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, so then it was like I had to be more aware of what it might be doing. And it was it, it, it wasn't comforting to me. Like I, you know, a lot of things I think I might get used to if I used it all the time. Um, and what was sort of interesting is in our Our comments, I just assumed we were going to get blasted and be like a bunch of down votes because we, we, what did you call it? You were like, it's like riding with a drunk teenager.
1: Something like, I don't know if I said that in the video, but yeah, we (laughs) certainly anticipated some hate. So we've gotten good comments and uh, we appreciate that because we really were jumping in blind. I should have clarified earlier, Kyle is lending us his LEAF indefinitely. And at this moment, the LEAF was getting fixed. And we got the opportunity to jump in his Model S Plaid for like half an hour. So our experience with FSD was half an hour taking it to supercharge. By the way, that was quite a cool experience. I do think that that's something we should do more just to experience Tesla supercharging versus, yes, for sure. Um, But so we experienced FSD uh, hopping into it completely unaware of what to expect we haven't done anything with the people we haven't researched it too much which is kind of potentially what some people might also be doing so it was going in blind but also kind of interesting in that way and like patrick said it was super unpredictable yeah Um, but maybe you guys are more comfortable with it are able to predict the things that it did
3: and it's, it's in the, the full video, but it was like, there was one thing, like we came across like a construction area and we had to like shift lanes and there's columns everywhere. And I was like, wow, this, this handled it perfectly. That's exactly right. what I had mm-hmm. done. Um, and then on the way back to the EV learning center where Kyle was filming, like we were headed back and it's just like, it's just sort of like, I'm going to go to the right lane. No left lane, no right, left. And it's was like, I'll just stay in the middle. And they are like, <laughs> it was like the simplest of things. And you're like, what are you, what are you doing?
1: It's right. both
0: impressive and terrifying. <laughs> right. That's true, right? I mean, so I, I was in the same position until I got my I got a, a Tesla Model Three earlier this year, and it had full self driving on it. And so my first experimentations with that were like kind of terrifying sometimes because you never know what it's going to do. But so, but you get more comfort with it, and you can have a, a good idea of what's you know. Like when mine approaches traffic circles, it often will stop or almost stop when there's no reason for it to. So you got to, you know, nudge it through with the accelerator, which I believe you did some of that as well. Yeah, I did a
3: lot of nudging. Um, Yeah. And like getting into like left turn lanes, as soon as it would like I'm in the left turn lane, it would just sort of like slam on the brakes. And I know if I was the guy behind me, I would have been like on the horn, like the lights up there. Don't stop back here. But right, it's true. Really, you know, again, it's like a, it's it's really cool to see where it's at now and where they're going with this. And um, it, it's just a whole different ball game trying to handle city streets. It's just amazing that they're even going down that road.
0: Right. Hey, hey, Kyle, we, uh, you're chatting there, but but uh, I don't think it'd be asked you actually. How how did the uh, FSD do on the Hogback? Is like compared to other systems.
2: Right. Well, uh, objectively, it came second place. Uh, the Mercedes EQS uh, beat it out uh, in the Ooh. scoring system, oh. and so that's that's no surprise. I think for me, the the Germans have a really great usable highway driver assistance system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also build in quite a bit more safety in the form of capacitive steering wheels or yanking on the seatbelt or jamming the brakes if you're not paying attention. Uh, Tesla just puts up a, a visual and audio warning uh, and, and kind of comes to a stop. Um, so so. So it didn't earn many points in the safety category uh, in terms of the driver takeover, and so um, technically, I would say Autopilot's the most competent driver assistance system uh, because it, it scored the best in the driving portion. It had no issues with the sharp corners; it just followed the road like a rail. It was amazing. Uh, but there, it, to me, like my personal impression, because a lot of this is just objective, is um, I love autopilot when I'm just in lane and it needs to stay a distance to the car in front of me, when I just want to lock it in the middle of the, that particular driving lane. As soon as it starts to choose when to change lanes or take corners or do all these things, it just annoys me because it's not what I would do. I don't drive like a robot. I drive with the flow of traffic and I just want to get places and, and you know kind of stay out of everyone's way and, or, or just get past people. And this is just like way sending mixed signals. So for my comfort level of how, like, you know, unless I'm okay driving with like really tinted windows and taking the license plate off the car, uh, I I don't really use FSD beta and, um, yeah, so I I have it on my car, but I just never use it. So we put it on for this test and it was interesting. Uh, I I think base autopilot is actually what I use most of the time. I usually turn FSD beta off in my car and just use regular autopilot. I do keep uh, the lane changes enhanced, not where the car chooses when to change lanes Mm because I Mm kind of hate that. But I can just hit the turn signal and it'll move over amazing lane changes. I never
0: realized this was an option. For some reason, I never thought, oh, I could just turn that off and go back to regular autopilot if I wanted to because I was thinking about that but go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. Why not? Of I, don't, course. I, I don't I don't know. Cause I'm an idiot. I don't know.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. You could, you could just turn FSD beta off and, and go to enhanced or, or any and, you know, even turn off all that stuff. Like I hate it when it automatically takes exits for me or when it, uh, automatically changes lanes for a passing vehicle, or a, I, sh- I should say a slower vehicle and I, I want to go around it. Uh, I like to choose all that stuff. Right. So, uh, yep. Your, based control, on a your pilot, control freak is what you're saying. It's not a control freak thing because <laughs> I actually don't mind when the car does things. Like if there's okay. no one else around, I'll let it do whatever it wants to do. Cause I don't care, but it's more like, I just don't want to piss off everyone around me and yeah. then like not go fast enough to get away from them, which you can't go fast enough to get away. You can only do 85 on the system. So, right. um, you know, and where we live in the middle of the you know desert, basically people go a lot faster than that. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say, I love super cruise on the highway. I love base autopilot on the highway for me, FSD beta adds zero uh, functionality or comfort or anything to my, my use the way I use the car personally. Now, if you're looking at it as a technology or a technological exercise It's pretty freaking cool watching it do its thing. I mean, we've done some videos with FSD beta following the car behind. I think we have one of the first videos ever of a a chase car watching what it does. And it's Ah, so weird to watch from the outside because it's left turn signal, right turn signal, driving down the wrong side of the road and then like just doing things perfectly. It, It is a mixed bag. And you know, I, I think it's cool, my personal opinion is, I think it's cool anyone can have access to this. Uh, you just buy a Tesla and have some money and have some fun. But I think um, there should be maybe a, like a video safety course or some required, uh, you know, how to take over, when to take over material, or at least just basic guidance from Tesla because Tesla provides no guidance in this area as right. to what to do and how to take over and when should you let the car take over. And I'm not um, not convinced that's the right approach. But uh, I do think it's cool. I enjoy playing around with it. I let friends try it and, and do all this stuff and. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a neat, uh, situation. Right on.
0: Awesome. Uh, and my, and myself, I have, uh, I haven't actually been working with FSD beta or using it uh, myself. I used to, I turned it on the first time in like, uh, probably a month and a half the other day we come, I was coming down the interstate. So I just, you know, just turned on, I was thinking autopilot. Then all of a sudden I wasn't really thinking that it was FSD because I wasn't in the city situation, but then all of a sudden, you know, it was, it was changing lanes on me and, and, oh, okay. I guess right. FSD. That's right. And uh, yeah, but I have my, my uh, Drive Electric with Dominic YouTube channel. Uh, I had put my videos private for some time and they are now public and i have publishing some new ones. And uh, so I expect to do some drive loops. I have a drive loop in Tallahassee, Florida, where I you know, put my car through this particular uh, set of streets and I'll be doing some fresh ones soon. I've got updates. I've never run through the loop. And so hopefully we'll be doing that actually maybe this week even. But I have some some other videos. I should have a good video up, hopefully tomorrow sometime, but uh, maybe we'll talk about that next week. Um, I wanted to try to get Tom back with us again. I think I can do it. I think I've figured out the secret here. So uh, I want to talk about the Tesla Universal Wall Connector and see if we can. Can you guys hear that? Recording started.
4: Hey, Tom, how you doing? How's it going, Dom? I got a feeling I'm doing a little better than you right
0: now. I have a feeling you're doing a little better than me, too. That looks pretty nice. I, I see some like water in the background. and It looks like you're on a boat.
4: I am at an undisclosed location in the Mediterranean.
0: Okay. That's, that's, that sounds like a good place to be. Um, but, I, all right.
4: but I still made time to make an appearance on Batteries Included this week.
0: That's right. So... Um, So there's a big news story. So your specialty is charging, especially home charging. And there was a story out this week, and you got first dibs on this big story. You got the scoop, basically. And so let's like turn it over to you and tell us. We have a new product on the market. It's pretty exciting. Uh, Tell us about it.
4: Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, a contact at Tesla reached out to me and said, look, We've got a uh, really exciting new product that we're going to be launching in about a week and a half. And uh, we'd like to let you be the first person or one of the first people to have an opportunity to look at it, you know, as long as you're greeted embargo and so forth. And I said, yeah, of course. So uh, they uh, said they were going to ship me this new uh, residential level two charger and they actually did, but I got it literally the day that the embargo was up. Uh, so uh, I, I, I FedEx delivered a box to my uh, door. I literally carried it into my garage, plunked it on a table, set my camera up and started rolling and did uh, like kind of like a first impression unboxing video of the new Tesla universal wall connector, which uh, if you follow Tesla's charging products, they have the Tesla wall connector and then they have the Tesla J1772 wall connector. Uh, but now they have this new product called the Universal Wall Connector, which will charge both vehicles that have a J1772 and vehicles that use Tesla's connector, now called the North American Charging Standard or NACS. Wow. And it does so by incorporating a different version of Tesla's Magic Dock, which is, I don't even know if Tesla actually officially called it the Magic Dock. I, I called it the, the, the AC Magic Dock. They might have in their literature, but I didn't see it. But right. it's basically the same thing as the Magic Dock because what it does is it allows the, the Nax connector to have uh, an adapter snap on top of it, automatically integrated into the holster where the, where the connector latches to the charger. So you can use either one. And uh, uh, it's a pretty nifty new product, and it's great for people that have two EVs—one uh, that has the uh, Tesla North American charging standard connector, and another EV that has the J seventeen seventy two connector.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty cool, man. Uh, so it's AC charging, or AC Magic Dock. Sounds like that should be the name. Like, I think you've, you think you've got it there. They should pay you for that. <laughs>
4: yeah. No. I, I. The funny thing is, like I said. I, I, I got very little information from Tesla, they shipped me the box, I opened it up, and what you see in this video is just me live, just looking at it for the first time, learning about it, touching it, feeling it uh, for the first time, and uh, you know, it's, it, that was my impression as I was using it. I'm like, this is really just kind of like the Magic Dock, except for AC charging. So, um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it has all the regular features of uh, the Tesla Wall Connector, same real uh, 48 amps. You can uh, uh, daisy chain it with up to six units. It does power sharing. It's pretty much everything the Tesla Wall Connector does, except it's thicker. It's almost two inches thicker. Um, okay. I, I, I don't know exactly why. I mean, it has to have to do with that with that adapter that's built into the, the, the connector. But right. uh, it's, it's substantially thicker than Tesla's uh, regular uh, wall connector. I, I put them two next to each other in this video, and, uh, you know, it's almost two inches thicker. The other dimensions are pretty much identical. The height and the width are pretty much identical. So um, what I did was then, after I put this video out, the video did really well the first day. Uh, get a lot of response. I um, The next morning, I got up early, and I swapped out. You see in the background, that's my Tesla wall connector. Right. I swapped out the wall connector for the new universal wall connector. So I have a video going up uh, tonight, which actually should be live uh, by the time this video airs. You're going to embed this in our batteries included uh, weekly show. It should be live. You'll be able to watch me installing it, using it. And uh, checking out how this magic dock adapter latches on to the Nax connector, and it's interesting. Okay. It won't release like once it releases from the uh, from the body of the charger, but then you can't release the the um, J1772 adapter that latches on top of the Nax connect. That's the uh, magic dock for a supercharger. And this is okay. in my for those watching the video and. Um, uh, th- this is me showing you how I couldn't get it to unlatch when I first did the video.
1: Right.
4: The that that the uh, J1772 adapter wouldn't come out of the body of the unit because the unit needs to be energized. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's it was locked in there. So um, this was me speculating that I think once I install this, I'll be able to re- pull this thing out. But um, I wasn't sure because you know, as I said, I just got it. I didn't know if it was broken <laughs> at first.
0: So, so this is going to be great for people with like a Tesla and like a another another non-Tesla that takes a J1772. I guess yeah. like I have I have like a little adapter I guess but this is like <laughs> built right in and looks secure and it's proper. I mean the regular Tesla adapter is like you say it's pretty bulletproof but this is just yeah. like super convenient and it's kind of cool. It's and the price is great, right? It's like 595 yeah, 595
4: uh, is is very good considering if you were to buy the uh, Tesla wall connector, you'd then have to go out and buy a Tesla to J1772 adapter, uh, oh. and um, you know that that currently Tesla doesn't sell one of those. Oh. They sell the other way around, J1772 to Tesla. But they don't sell a Tesla to J1772 adapter. So you have to get a third-party adapter. There's a lot of companies out there that do it, Electron, you know, Tesla tap. But, you know, uh, the funny thing is my next video I have coming out is all about adapters and why the major networks are banning adapters that aren't made by the manufacturer. So in this case, you know, and, and really it's a quality issue. A lot of these new adapters we're seeing, uh, Dom, just aren't, they can't withstand a duty cycle of using them frequently. They just break and melt and right. you can have Is a problem it, with your car. You know, if Tesla puts it out or Ford puts it out or GM, if one of the major OEMs puts out some sort of an adapter, it's going to be very well tested, safety certified and all that stuff. Right. Um, so, so you're better off. I would recommend this over buying a Tesla wall connector and then buying a third party adapter to charge your, uh, J1772 EV.
0: Right. Do we know if the, this adapter doesn't have like thermistors inside of to like the the check the heat levels or is that just already built into the regular yeah. handle?
4: It's well, yeah, it should be built into the regular handle, but uh, I, I don't have all the technical details on this. This thing just came out. I was the first person to put out a video on it. I still just checked today. Nobody else has a video on it. Now my second video is going out. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's not always really easy to get a lot of information out of Tesla. Right. Um, but I will tell you, you know, for years I couldn't get any information out of Tesla about their charging parts, but lately they're, 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 uh, their charging team has been very receptive to me, which I'm very thankful for. That's and you know, they, they reached out to me and said, look, um, do you want one of these before the launch? So I'm, I'm very grateful for that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, that's really awesome. Well, you're the man, Tom, so you're the charging guy. So you, you know, they have to reach out. Um, so currently, non-Tesla owners can use a Tesla app to set up their account and pay for charging at stations with that magic dock. uh, So what about, I think, I believe in your video, you mentioned something about an app. So is there like another app coming up for this one or is separate from the regular Tesla app or how is that?
4: Well, here's, I don't have all the information on any either. This is what I do have. Okay. So, the Gen 3 Tesla wall connector is a Wi Fi connected, quote unquote, smart charger. When right. Tesla released it a couple of years ago, you know, the, they said they're, it's going to have all these features. You're going to be able to, you know, start and stop a charging session, all this stuff. But they never really released any of that stuff. And I think they were kind of lackadaisical about it because the Tesla vehicles could do it in the vehicle. Um, but still, you know, they said they were going to release smart charging features, and they didn't do it. Um, but now they said, along with this new universal wall connector, they're updating the app. There's going to be an, a, a new version of the app comes out, and it's going to allow users to control the, the, the wall connector. It's going to allow you to start and stop a charging session, um, uh, schedule charging from your app. Currently, you have to do that in the vehicle. Uh, so uh, do I know 100% sure that, uh, non-Tesla owners will be able to you know use the app to do that I don't but I'm 99% confident that they will because they're doing it in conjunction with releasing this new universal charger that's really uh, primarily to charge non-Tesla vehicles so right. what would be the purpose of updating the app now if non-Tesla vehicles can't use it
0: good point it's a good point all right well uh, i look forward to seeing that new video when it comes out when did you say it again it comes out tonight
4: it, yeah it's coming you know you and i are recording this a day before the batteries yeah. included podcast so when this airs live on the batteries included podcast you should be able to go over to state of charge and watch that video it should be up already
0: ah oh, sweet so i'll try to watch it before before now like <laughs> right go, go back a, in time that's right and
4: watch something in the future
0: i've got a delorean in the garage i'll, I'll get right on that I,
4: I wish know. i still had mine uh,
0: that's true right i was just joking but you actually had one that's, that's that's so nuts all right um anything else you want to mention then i don't i don't want to keep you from your uh, your work there i believe you have no, lots to do just,
4: just that it's beautiful out here I'll, I'll see if i can walk out of the uh room without losing the wi-fi connection how are we looking dom
0: yeah, it looks like uh i want to go swimming right now really bad <laughs> All right. Listen,
4: um, have a great show tomorrow. And uh, thanks for letting me uh, say hi to our followers and uh, knock them dead.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, man. We'll see you soon. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. All right. So that's that. Now, if I can figure out how to take that off, we'll be all set. (laughs) Because I I cannot figure that out right now. Uh, It's amazing. Um, Okay maybe if I share something else, what happens? Oh, inception. We get, yes. Okay. Well, there, I've, this is a, we're looking at, if you're watching this on YouTube, we are looking at a picture of the Acura ZDX or ZDX, depending if you live in uh, the US or somewhere else, <laughs> UK or Canada. Um, all right. So, these. Z, let me bring up my notes so I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so this is the first bit of big news I think we need to talk about this week, right? So Kyle, you got to see this last night. This is the uh, Accurate ZDX. So it's a uh, few facts on this, and we can talk about your impressions and all that. So it's built on the uh, – it's, it's an Altium car. So it's built on G, uh, General Motors' Altium system. It's five inches longer than the Prologue Honda Prologue, which is another car – that Honda is doing. So in iAcura, uh, of course, is the premium brand for Honda. And they also have a deal with uh, General Motors for for the uh, for the Honda brand of the prologue. Anyway, so this, is, so this is like a larger car than that. So which is kind of weird. So I thought maybe it was gonna be like the same car with some badging changes. But no, this is like a just a completely different structure. And it's, it's one inch longer than the uh, Cadillac Lyric, which is also similar Uh, also built on the Ultium system. So this is coming as the ZDX A-spec in single or dual motor all drive, or you can get it as a Type S performance car. So the A-spec starts in the $60,000 range, with first client delivery slated for early 2024. Um, The Type S is expected to start in the $70,000 range. It has a 102 kilowatt hour battery, so and uh of course this being they they've used some of the same gm uh charging specs so instead of giving us you know a peak charging power or you know or zero or ten to eighty percent time they have 81 81 miles of range in 10 minutes in the a-spec rear-wheel drive version i'm not sure you know that's that's just how gm's doing it they're not giving us real numbers really um Oops. Stop sharing. Present. Okay.
2: Are you trying to put us all back in a
0: row? I am. So actually. you
2: know how you can go like full screen and you see the multiple things? It's just below the image. There you go. will
0: try that one.
2: Yeah, that's perfect.
0: I could do this as well.
2: Nope. The other way is
0: perfect. All right. Uh, right. So this car... Three hundred twenty-five hundred 325, 100, okay, 102 kilowatt hour battery, 325 EPA miles of range in the single motor variant of the A-Spec. Uh, the Type S will have up to 500 horsepower. DC fast charging uh, rates of up to 190 kilowatts, which is kind of a standard for the big Altium batteries, I think, around that size, 100, 100 or so kilowatt hours. Uh, it's got an ADAS system, Acura Watch 360 Plus system, they're calling it. Uh, ZDX Type S int- introduces hands-free cruise driver assistance, so true hands-free driving on up to 400,000 miles of compatible roads. It sounds to me like that's also, they're using uh, the GM's 8S system and just calling it Acura Watch? And yeah, you it's have any- Super Cruise. Okay, Super Cruise, right. Or Ultra Cruise.
2: Nope, Super Cruise.
0: Okay. Where, also- where's Ultra Cruise coming from? I'm not sure. For some reason, I was thinking they
3: were changing the branding on that. Oh, maybe, but it's it's just Super Cruise. Okay. Yeah, in the future, GM is going to have Ultra Cruise that's going to work on city streets somewhat. I think. Yeah,
0: okay. this won't have
3: that. This is just highway.
0: Right. Right. Pre-mapped highways. It's got the uh, Bang and Olufsen uh, system with 18 speakers, four in the headliner, 14 channels of amplification, and a subwoofer to deliver a powerful and sophisticated sound. They say. And, uh, but they also teased an electric sports car at that launch. So I'm um, see if I can bring up your, and you've gone away, actually. It's going to bring up your Twitter feed and I can actually look that up now.
2: Oh, it, there's nothing that exciting. You can just use the press photos. It's
0: okay. Okay. So yeah, well, tell us what you, you, okay. You, you saw the ZDX in person live last night at, um, at Monterey. So hey, tell us about that experience.
2: Yeah, I was there when they pulled the cover off of it and they gave their speeches and presentations on everything. And um, I have to say, I wasn't expecting much for this vehicle. Uh, you know, I, I thought, okay, Acura kind of half-assed this whole thing. They called in, uh, you know, Honda and Acura called up GM and said, you know what, we don't really have the budget developed to develop our own car. We want to borrow your car. And based off of my drive in the Lyric Last week or two weeks ago, I was like, wow, this is, this is not good because the Lyric is not a a performancey handling quite vehicle, whereas accurate and especially type S they've been famed for putting double wishbone suspension and everything adaptive damper, really going crazy for certain different, um, you know, handling topics. So I thought, okay. I don't know what to expect from this thing, but when they pulled the cover off, they had this thing dumped out, slammed on the ground, looked amazing. Fully adjustable, height adjustable air suspension in comparison to the Lyric and adaptive damper and big brakes. So I'm like, okay, there might be some magic here. Up to 500 horsepower in the Type S version, it really has the chance to be a fun handling SUV. And Acura has been famed for, and I'm a huge fan of Acura's all-wheel drive system, for example. They're super handling all-wheel drive. We call it Shouty, and uh, we love it. And so it's it's amazing. I don't know what technology this is going to have. My understanding is it's going to be pretty much Cadillac Lyric Motors, which I had no issues with the motors. Um, But it doesn't say super handling all-wheel drive on here. So my guess is maybe no torque vectoring on the rear axle. Uh, I hope it comes at some point in the future or it's in here and they're just not telling us uh, or I may have missed it, but that's always been like an accurate thing. But the, the thing is, you can basically take the Lyric, which they like obviously tuned really soft and like turn it up a notch. And that was like, OK, it looks amazing. Truly in person. This is a great looking electric SUV. It's going to have over 300 miles of EPA range and probably achievable based on what we've seen from other GM products. Uh, you know, 102 kilowatt hour, roughly usable battery pack. It's going to have a a banging sound system, so it'll have banging Olufsen, and the cool thing with that is Acura has always put insane sound systems in their cars. That's always been like an Acura thing, up the audio quality, so I cannot wait to hear this system. And, uh, you know, they had this big party thing. We just swung in for a little bit to see the car, but they had these uh, banging Olufsen stand-up speakers, and they were bumping. It was amazing. The sound system at this event, one of the best I had heard from just like two tall speaker things. It was pretty amazing. So I I hope that's a sign of things to come for in the car. Uh, I I got to spend some time with the interior designer. And the, the only thing I really said to her at first was, wow, this is so much nicer than the Lyric's interior. I didn't know who she was. I was just like around the (laughs) car and I'm like, oh, this is so much nicer because it doesn't have the stupid cup holders. And it just felt like, okay, a little bit different material. I like the lighter color, of course. And so, um, you know, I just think this is way better in almost every area. And it's going to have Apple CarPlay and Android Auto into the future where GM vehicles won't. Um, so, So like in terms of like the skin on top of the this platform, this is way cooler than blazer or Lyric to me. What I hope doesn't happen is this is not accurate, giving up their chance to define their electric future. And what I mean by that is it's always a little bit of a red flag when an automaker does a shared platform deal on their first vehicle. And so, yeah, not 100% convinced here. We, we still have some time until we can drive it. I'm going to do a full tour video today of it, and it'll probably go up on YouTube tonight or tomorrow. And um, so, so yeah, we'll we'll have all of that stuff coming you. I'll show you all the nooks and crannies and every, you know, all the technical details and an out-of-spec reviews video. But um, I really liked it. I was kind of there just expecting kind of like a nothing burger, just like a badge engineering job. But, like, it sounds like they went pretty hardcore to change things. I still think they made the wrong choice, um, you know, borrowing a GM platform, especially a GM platform that hasn't proven that they can produce in volume and a GM platform that they haven't proven they can work out all the electrical bugs yet. You know, from a charging performance standpoint, especially Tom has had these crazy charging sessions with Lyric where I've had fairly consistent, I just had one session, it went great. But then I was talking to another friend of mine the other day who was charging next to a Lyric and he said it was all over the place. So. You know, I just think, like, that seems weird. Like, I hope Acura, like, understands these things. Sitting in their their sort of initial release of the car didn't give me that much confidence on the electric side of things. It's almost like, ah, we don't want to think about this. We just want to style the car was the impression I got because… You know, there was some topics on we joined this, uh, you know, charging station coalition with six other automakers and and all these things. They're like, oh, you guys don't want to hear about charging stations, right? Who cares? Let's show you how our car looks. I'm like, no one should give a crap about what your car looks if they can't charge it anywhere. This is the most important thing. And, you know, they haven't announced the next situation, although it should be fairly easy uh, to do so because GM platforms integrating it. So yeah, I mean, it it was uh it was a it was a mixed bag. I I personally would say okay on initial glance I would instantly go for this over lyric, um you know sixty grand for the A spec starting that's going to be pretty pretty base level stuff I think not not super exciting but the Type S maybe seventy and that seems like a, a real performance SUV for seventy grand assuming they got the suspension dialed. You are muted, Dominic.
0: I am muted. Look at that. Hey, um, so I I was going to ask you something about it, and my mind just totally blanked, so I'm not even sure where to go with that, except for uh, to ask Liv and Patrick what their impressions of of the Acura ZDX is.
3: Uh, I mean, we just looked at the photos, just just like everything else did last night and everything. It looks um, really sharp, and it's like I knew it was sort of like a blazer or this i like the styling of the blazer more and i and i have to admit like i got stuck on like one of the slides <laughs> that's
1: all i keep thinking
3: profile photos and the way that they did the the like sloped roof line at the back with like the fake chrome right. or whatever white accent like at one point i was like going through the photos and i was like oh that reminds me of a hearse and then once yes. i saw yes. that- it's like, oh God, now I can't unsee it. So um, I liked it, and then now I can't get Hearse out of my mind. Um, but the specs look great. Um, just curious to see. You know, that was sort of my thing is like uh, they're expanding the the Ultim lineup, but it's like, are they going to make any of them in volume? I mean, maybe if they come out with enough models and you add them all up, there'll be volume in all of them. But uh, I, I like to see if they can get the volumes up. Um, I've always been a fan of Acura. Um, I always make good products. And it's like, if I see one that's not mine, it's like that looks really sharp. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it, and of course, uh, we're partial to that blue that they had on display
0: that looks really fantastic. Right. I believe that's a new color for Acura. Um, I didn't, I didn't think that was another thing. I was looking at the Acura press release last night, and they were talking about the colors, like this is a new color. And then the the orange one is a, a, tr- a traditional Acura color. Uh, usually when, when but there's such a lack of other information in in the press release like zero to 60 performance you know i have no idea how you know if, did did this talk about the performance at all last night kyle
2: um yeah, mostly the horsepower numbers but the lyric had a really good way because I drove a rear-wheel drive I think 340 horsepower lyric it All had right. a really interesting way to make 340 horsepower feel like 240 horsepower right so uh you know it just a, it was a big thing getting down the road there was nothing sporty about the lyric that's where my review left so I think that's where the accurate comes in of course there's going to be a blazer SS and there's going to be an escalate not escalate a lyric V in the future um right. it seems like blazer SS is going to have more power than the ZDX, which I thought is a little bit of a shame. I feel like Acura should have the you know spiciest one here, but uh, we'll see. Or at how least that as plays spicy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know what's going on with that, but they chose the like normal lyric all wheel drive powertrain figures as the spicy zdx mm. and then there's going to be a faster lyric in the future and of course a faster blazer so i don't know um you know Acuras have never been straight line fast even the nsx it wasn't the fastest thing on the planet uh i do want to talk about nsx here in a second as well because uh-huh. there's mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. potential news there right um which i don't think anyone's really picked up on but we'll see right um yeah so, okay. so very cool go ahead uh, uh patrick
3: yeah, I was going to say, though, um, and and Kyle mentioned CarPlay and Android Auto, and I think that's going to be a bigger factor than a lot of people think. Um, you know, if they if they actually understand that, like, the Blazer and this are very similar and the Lyric and this are very similar, and those others aren't going to have CarPlay and Android Auto, I think a lot of people would lean toward having this. And it says it's um, Google built in, so I'm assuming it's Android Automotive, which is another – Great factor for me, you know, when I was looking at it. So,
0: uh, so the thing that kills this for me is like the price. It's like starts at sixty thousand for the rear wheel drive. But that's a pretty good value for a premium electric SUV. Except the Tesla Model Y starts at fifty thousand. Totally different category. It's it's a. I mean, it's a it's a i mean the acura looks nicer inside looks like a nice place to spend time but it's a whole it's way bigger it's like a whole nother step up uh, it's got a huge back okay. seat okay you that's that true that's true yeah. it is it is super long that's right uh that's we
1: just point. had the lexus rz for fifty e and that's like under 200 miles of range and like similar price tag for 63 so,
3: for that one yeah and it, and it was, right
1: so this just Ugh, feels good seeing, like, that same range actually getting good miles, good charging, like, just, like, suitable stats. And I'm glad to hear, by the way, Kyle, that it looked so good in person because um, it's just, like, it looks pretty normal on uh, in the photos and on screen. I do love that front trim with the lighting, though. But, like, it's just great to see this over 300 miles of range, like. yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, see So
3: the,
2: the the I think it's a few inches shorter than MDX, but it's got a much longer wheelbase than MDX because it's got to put the battery in there. And right. and the pricing certainly is going to be you know a little bit higher than maybe other Acura SUVs. Acura has never been a luxury brand; brand they've always been premium. I would say um, so. It's going to be up there, but uh, it'll it should qualify for the tax credit, uh, assuming that someone does because it'll be built in the GM plant. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, have nothing but high expectations for this car. I don't think people realize, um, at least I didn't realize until I saw it, kind of how interesting it actually is and how, uh, you know, I was like instantly like, Oh, done. I'd go for this over blazer or lyric, uh, wow. just because they, they put in all the performance suspension stuff. They really wanted it to handle well. That was a big topic. Uh, and again, we were talking specifically about the type S, um, which is the spicier top trim. Um, but to me, like that's important. It doesn't have the stupid charge port door. Of the lyric, which is almost like a just a non-starter. It's so dumb, right. and it has the least premium opening, uh, you know, mechanism. If they don't fix that for Blazer, then my confidence in GM is evaporated.
0: That is, that is a weird. Uh, I just wanted to actually circle back to you about your uh, comment about having another company, you know, make make your car for you. You know, because that's especially in this like change to electrification. I feel like companies really need to have their develop their own uh, IP, their own, which uh, uh, intellectual property, uh, like like Honda, they're n- known for their engines. Honda is was an engine company, so th- it needs like to be a, have a similar kind of you know thing in the future with the, in the electric world is going to have maybe inverters, maybe drive systems, maybe the the what, what you call the uh, the handling systems, shoddy, it's, it's, shoddy.
3: Super all wheel drive. Drive. Right.
0: Yeah. right so something right something that has got to differentiate itself to give people confidence that these people you know are engineering down like like lucid does you know just the engine engineering has got to be there to to me. Well, that's
2: what makes cars interesting is like, okay, what's your take as an automaker on XYZ? Um, you know, I don't love the idea, honestly, of just, you know, like Subaru barring Toyota's tech or Toyota barring Subaru's tech or, right. you know, it's, it's, it's the same situation as Solterra and BZ4X. Now, they really put in zero effort to differentiate those cars. Here, there's a lot more changes, but oh, yeah. it's almost like GM gave Acura, this is my impression, they didn't say this, but it's like, GM gave Acura, like, here's a parts list. Do you want the air suspension? Do you want the adaptive damper? Do you sure. want and just like pick and choose the stuff you do want? And I just feel like it was a little bit phoned in. But if you are going to phone it in, I just hope they've done their research to make sure that this is the correct platform to choose. Because the charging performance on Lyric has been less than stellar. And so has like little bugs and reliability things. And so I just really, you know, Acura's got such a great reliability history, such a great performance history. I hope they did their research. I hope they're prepared for this. And I hope they can sell them in the volumes that they're going to get orders. Because I think it's going to be way higher than they expect.
0: Right. Okay. So you were talking earlier about the... uh... NSX let's uh, see if we can get this going and um, you mentioned that because at the presentation last night they had this little screen beside the stage and you can see it if you're watching us on YouTube there's sh- like showing like a teaser what did they say about this
2: uh, nothing they just said they're working on something exciting and so my guess is electric NSX also uh, the the head of PR for Acura Honda liked my tweet about it so I'm guessing that's what it's gonna be um, okay. so yeah I mean I think uh, it could be quite exciting. They also invited a ton of NSX owners to this event. Oh. So we got to meet with a lot of enthusiasts, uh, some of them viewers, which was great. So they were showing us around their cars and everything. So that was really neat. Um, there were some first-gen NSX owners, some newer second-gen owners as well. Uh, one guy has a Tycon and both NSXs. I was like, oh, this dude's epic. So we really got to meet some great people and hang out. We didn't spend too much time there. We kind of just went and then went car spotting. And, uh, you know, because the cars here are just amazing in Monterey right. this week. So, um, yeah, it, it, this this is where they can develop their own technology and do something really cool and then bring it down market. But I, I uh, think it's, a, it's an interesting strategy. Like, I'm fairly certain it's just running on GM software, the ZDX, and just has like an Acura skin on it. So <laughs> it just seems very phoned in.
0: Right. But this, this design that we're looking at on the screen here, I, I froze the videos. this so we can kind of get a look at it. It, it looks more like a Le Mans race car than actually like a road car to me, but I don't know what do you,
2: well, this is their vision electric, right? So uh, it's a concept. It's not uh, saying okay. this is what's coming. It's that's okay. what they want to do. What they actually make is something different. All I like I'm it. saying is it sounds like there's a high performance electric vehicle coming down the line. They, they, use the term, I think maybe electrified could be a plug-in hybrid. We don't know anything about this. It's not worth, you know, talking about too much because NSX sales historically of the last generation were terrible, terrible. No one wanted that car. Right. So, you know, don't know what, what to expect here, but uh, either way, it could be quite exciting.
0: All right. So let's move on to some other news. Um, So Tesla has launched a cheaper model S and model X versions in the U.S. with shorter ranges so the Model S and Model X standard range are priced at, are now priced. Oh, okay. Um, just got a little message there. Uh, they're priced at $78,490 for the Model S and $88,490 for the Model X. Uh, respectively. So that's obviously that's $10,000 less exactly than a regular model S and X. So for that, you get a driving range model S gets 320 miles. uh, That's 320 miles. That's lower than the regular dual motor or or the plaid. Of course that offers 405 miles or 396 miles, respectively. The model X SUV Mm -hmm. has a range up to 269 miles, which is, you know, well below the more expensive version, which is 348 miles. Uh, Available for delivery in September and October. Good move, Kyle.
2: Not really. I mean, if you're a buyer, this is not what to do. You should go for an inventory Model S or X with a close to 10 or even sometimes more thousand dollar discount on the full big battery one. I think my dad found a Model S. You know, he's always going down the rabbit hole of what should he get and all this stuff. And he's like, Well, I found this inventory one. It's only a thousand dollars more than the the software locked standard range. They just took the normal cars, software locked the battery. Uh, at least according to some sources, they claim that there won't be a software unlock in the future. I believe there will be. And Tesla's always allowed a software unlock at some point into the future. It just doesn't seem worth it. Just go for an inventory, big, bad one. Tesla can't sell Model S and X right now for some reason. And uh, I mean, interest rates are high. You know, it's a hard time to sell an expensive car that's not really new.
0: Um, right. It's so- old. It's a, basically, it's kind of an old design, even though it might be it's like pretty refreshed under the skin. You know people yeah that's it's like the same old car, basically uh, yeah. some quick quick thoughts uh Patrick live. Uh yeah I just uh,
3: I saw the same rumors that it looks like it is software locked, and if that 's the case it 's like they i 'm ninety nine point nine percent sure they 'll offer an unlock at some point, right. and if they don 't I was sitting there doing some calculations like how much battery would you be carrying around for the life of the vehicle? just being unused. I'm like, that's, it, it would be a shame if it's never unlocked. And then of course, if they unlock it, how many people are going to um, then pay to unlock it, you know?
1: So I just feel like it's an arbitrary and manipulative price adjustment that like, it's not through reducing the cost of anything or making anything affordable. It's just supply and demand. And I don't like that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, well, it's also, interesting. I mean, I know they don't sell a ton of S and X, But it's sort of like you're literally chopping $10,000 off the price of the car, but your manufacturing cost didn't go down. So it's like they're obviously going to do a software unlock, if you ask me.
0: Right. Um, uh, Shoot.
3: Yeah, well, it's
2: an interesting topic. So this is not new. Tesla's always done software locked battery packs. Actually, one of their first cars ever was a software locked battery pack. It was called a Model S40. And it was a 60 kilowatt hour pack that couldn't supercharge. They locked you out of supercharging and the bigger pack. Model S 60 was supercharging optional early days. Um, But yeah, you could actually retrofit those cars. It required a hardware retrofit to supercharge. And then then you were good to go. So yeah, I think at some point in the future, they should unlock these. If Tesla won't unlock them, by the time they're out of warranty and everything, there'll be Tesla hackers who do unlock them. Uh, So I don't think that's going to be a problem. But Tesla also did a... I know you got something to say, Dominic. We'll go to that in just a second, but but Tesla also locked a standard range version of the Model Three for the Canadian market to something like a hundred miles of rated range. I forget exactly what it was, but it was so such a bad value on paper that right. they, they just needed an entry level price below a certain number to like sell cars with this big tax credit uh and, and maybe in the Ontario province or something i can't remember but they sold like none of these it was really funny they made it like $1000 less than the standard car and it had a quarter of the range or half the range and it was just just to apply for incentives for everyone else so tesla's good at manipulating the market they know that price is a huge demand driver and um you know they can do whatever they want you can just choose to buy it or not and so i, I don't think this is the worst thing because you can full charge it pretty much every day, which is kind of nice. Um, a- assuming they just lock the top end of the battery, we need well, to. Well, let's that.
0: think. So, if that's, that's what I want to ask about. So, if you have this thing for two years and you know how batteries degrade, will this un- unlock portion of the battery kind of make it seem like your battery never degrades until. Yeah, so
2: I'm trying to remember because my dad owned a software lock Tesla years ago. And this was a, a topic at the time of how they were doing it. He had right. a Model X60. D, which was like, good luck getting out of the driveway kind of range. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really remember what the answer was.
0: Okay. That's all right. Um, well, maybe we can figure it out this week and come back next week. Uh, so, real quick, uh, last bit of news. Faraday Future has delivered a car. They call it the, let's see if I can get this all right, the first FF91 2.0 Futurist Alliance. That is the name of the car. All that, apparently, is the name of the car. Whatever. That it's, is a stupid name. Right. $309,000. It's a three-motor uh, configuration. 1,050 horsepower. 2.2 2 seconds. 0 to 60. 155-mile top speed. 381 miles of range from a 142-kilowatt-hour battery. A huge-ass battery. Zero-gravity seats. 27-inch rear screen is Basically, the all the information I could find out about it really uh, on their site. Uh, yeah, so congrats to them. It's been I don't know how many years. It's been uh, factories have been planned and unplanned, and I I've, I don't know what's even going on with them at all. <laughs> I, it's like been so many false starts. Feel
2: confident spending three hundred and nine thousand dollars on something that may not be around. So, like for example, Celestique is three hundred forty grand base. But you right. know GM is going to be around. I can bring it to a Cadillac dealer in five years and, right. and get it serviced. This is sure. like, they, Like you may not even have like a company of someone to call.
0: Uh, right, right. And well, it's one of the, and they're selling it to one of their investors, really, a, a top spire. So I assume he's like, I don't know. All, there's all this like a verbiage around the guy, spire leader or something. I don't know. It sounds to me like he's an investor, which, you know, he's very in with these guys. It's hard to say what kind of production will be happening for real, but still, I think it was important to just say, con- you know, congratulations on this first car because it's been like a crazy journey to get here, and it would be nice to see it move forward. I don't, I still don't have a ton of confidence in, in Faraday future is going to have to do more than deliver one one car. I think. Uh, I know, Liv and Pat, have quick thoughts on this. I,
3: it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, when, we, I mean, we've seen it, I think like at CES, they had one out and it's just like, you look at it and you're like that, that looks really nice. And then you see the price tag, and you're like, that makes no sense. It, and it's from a company. It, it reminds me of some other prototypes that you see that are like almost like generic in its, in its look. And you're, it, you, you don't know if, uh, if it's actually a real company or not, or just like, Oh, we're going to display our ADAS system. And we, we built this like prototype to show it, but it's like, Oh no, they're, they're actually trying to sell the car.
1: <laughs> but perhaps yeah. part of the mystique of buying something like that is then you'll have this collector edition, something of a company that doesn't exist in a few years. So.
0: <laughs> right.
2: I guess uh, we're going to get close to the end of the show. Cause I got to yeah. run. Yeah, guys, yeah. We're, about to, we're right? about to close out here. I just have a PSA go buy a used Audi e-tron today. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw that. It's 30, go buy one
0: $31,000 what
2: you can get a prestige for like 35 grand a 2019 we have one we love it we bought it used $70,000 so like right. this is a deal um so go get one they're freaking awesome cars
0: what, what kind of highway range you get with that not much but we like, charge. around 200 like what it's but no. what it's okay a little less yeah,
2: like like one nine, one eighty five, one ninety. Okay. We got big ass wheels on ours on a roof thing. And so
0: like yeah, oh, right maybe two right. hundreds. But it's, but it's a monster charger, like you say.
2: Yeah, it just sits at one hundred fifty kilowatts straight through. But like most of the time people drive around town and it just has the most amazing suspension and build quality and all of these things. And it's just epic. So go buy a used e-tron. You literally cannot buy a better car for thirty five grand.
0: All right. So I that brings us to the end of our show today. If you have any questions or comments, uh, please leave them on YouTube or get in touch with us on Twitter or Threads. Or actually, you can leave us a comment on Twitch now because we're streaming there as well. Uh, or yeah, so on uh, Twitter we are at Batteries Inc Pod, and on Threads we're Batteries Included Podcast. Uh, if you like the show, please just give us a thumbs up here. Click subscribe. Tap that bell icon for notifications. Thank you all very much for joining us. Thank you for being with us today, Uh, Vlog, Patrick. Thank you. It was so great. Thank you very much. And we'll see you all again next week. Ciao.